We're back. We're back. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anybody that left this, I'm touched something, then I shouldn't have touched it. I'm not touching anything near the computer other than like if you comment. <laughs> I love that Billford said rut row. It's true. It was my bad. <laughs> Brad is laughing at me the whole time. It's bad. It's got on my nerves, man. But what I was trying to do. I do what I do. You do do what you do. And I guess I messed up what I did. But um, but yeah, so what I was about to say is um, to kind of find out around when and when this took place, um, we know that uh, Teddy Duchamp um, was his father was he stormed the beach in Normandy, so it had to be somewhere after 45, right? Or 40, yeah. 40 something, whenever that happened. Um, but it's yeah. probably in the 50s, it really yeah. probably is. Um, but you mentioned earlier the soundtrack to this movie, yeah, is uh, is another character in this film, yeah. You know, it, you know, I, I even said this earlier it, in that aspect, it reminds me of Iron Eagle because when I'm hearing this, the songs pop up. I'm rocking to it at the same time I'm watching a movie. I'm having a great time. I'm really am. Lollipop. Lollipop. Oh, lolly, 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 lolly. I'm not going to do it. Boom, boom, boom. But yeah. He did it. I wasn't going to put the thing in the mouth, though. I don't put my finger in my mouth. That's nasty, man. Now your hands are. I will wash them after the podcast. Anyway. So, oh my gosh. I haven't done it since like the fifth grade. You can still do it, I guess. I can still do it, yeah. But anyway. Um, the so the story takes you see these friends felt like real friends. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah they felt like real friends. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did. Uh, and then uh, like the, really the, the story started with um, you know, uh, I, I don't want to call him Fat Kid. Um, Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, what's his name? Jerry. In this movie. <laughs> Dang, bro. I don't know. I don't. I don't I, he was like, like uh, I, I remember Gordy the most. Vern. Right, so Vern. Gordy and Bill. It starts with Vern over here and his brother. Uh, so there's a kid that was missing that ran away, and they expect him to be dead. Um, they 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 pretty much tell you at the very beginning like, oh, he probably was walking and get blammo nighttime got hit by a train and you know, so that's probably uh, that's what happened, you know. But uh, See, I always thought he got stabbed. Uh, I think by Kiefer. I always thought Kiefer killed him. Uh, really? Where yeah. did you get that? I don't know. I have my my childhood memories are very different from what, what actually you watch, happened. What you watch? <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, he uh, so they so they said, well, hey, we can go out and find this body and we can claim it and get a reward. And they're like, oh yeah, you can say I'm sleeping at your house. I'm sleeping at your house. And so they decide to strike out on the railroad tracks to yep. find his body. I want to tell this quick story. It's remind me of when I was 13 years old. It was my 13th birthday. Uh, in 93, a friend of mine, uh, Jerry Eskridge, if you're watching, I'm going to call your name out. So Jerry Eskridge. Uh, and uh, it was Jerry Eskridge, me, Tierra Hill, uh, Jerry Martin. And I feel like it was somebody else. It might have been Billy Taylor. I'm not sure. But um, but yeah, uh, so we all um, were like, hey, uh, Jerry and Jer Jerry Eskridge and Jerry Martin was like, there was hey over at this golf course. It was uh, it's called uh, Hobson Grove Golf Course, 
they said they was over the other day and they found like a, a, a rib cage in the water that's playing around. They found a rib cage, like a body. And so literally they said, hey, at the school, we was on the bus. They said, hey, man, at the school, we're going to walk up here and see if we can find it. You know, and, you know, turn it in, get some, get a reward, you know, to tell people what we did. And so 13-year-old me, we're like, all right, that's fine. So we walked a long walk from, uh, from, from the Parker Bennett Center all the way to uh, Hobson Grove Golf Course, which was through the projects. You got across the projects, cross over this farmland at the time. There wasn't a lot of buildings there. Cross over this farmland and cross up, walk up this hill to get to the golf course. And we finally made it. We was kind of creeping around there. And um, when we was making it there, some people seen us. They said, hey, kids. And they screamed at us and then they shot a gun. You know, and and we start running, and we and and I got caught in uh I got caught in some barbed wire, or some barbed wire or thorn bush or something, or something like that, and I got caught and I couldn't really get through. Everybody left me except for Jerry Eskridge. Jerry Eskridge came back and got me. He's your bill. Yeah, he's my he's my bill. Uh, he came back and got me and uh and uh and rescued me. Uh, and we walked way back we walked the country way like richardsville roadway back to bowling green and uh or back into the city and we just was talking about like all these life-changing almost dying type of scenarios but that's crazy because honestly after that that's the last time a lot of us like this movie is the last time a lot of us really talked and spoke you know some of us stay, stay close me and jerry stay close and stuff but a lot of us really didn't after that time frame and this this movie resonated with me did yeah. you did you ever go on like little adventures like that uh me and my friend chris would uh go on some little adventures <laughs> he lived up the road for me and uh like i said we had a creek behind my house that we kind of made up urban legends that what happened in there with indians and burial grounds and so i mean we always did so we always had these uh weird silly ideas you know our imagination just ran wild mm -hmm. and I, we did have a couple other friends that, that would sometimes tune in uh craig and clint and sometimes pulley pulley was kind of the bully of them you know he was kind of the keeper we all had a bully yeah um he was kind of the keeper uh jonathan me and jonathan used to do something you know we sang out going on a little mini adventures too but uh, nothing like that. Like we didn't go looking for no bodies or nothing. Uh, but you I see what you get into, pretty much. But I did have a, like a sandlot moment one time, though. Really? Were you yeah. chased by a dog? No, I wasn't chased by a dog, but it was, I was hit by the ball, oh, the wow. baseball. Oh well. Wow. Like hit me right in the eye. Oh no. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was. It was. Did you have to go to the emergency room? No. I had to put. I. I had. No, they put a, a stake on my eye. It's pretty much like a <laughs> sandlot. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Josh's mom, Jan, uh, and her husband, uh, Doug. Yeah, they was like, you need to put that steak on his eye. It's gonna really swell up. And I was like, I was like, and I remember crying. Oh, I was, I was a big old baby. <laughs> I, mean, I was, I was, I was crying the whole time. Yeah, there's the baseball. Oh, you know. That's funny. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's crazy how both of us had similar uh, stories that like related to these two come of age films. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this movie, man, it's about these kids and they go on this journey. And from it's it reminds me, well, you mentioned this, I think Summer of eighty four copied not only the characters, 
but the but the um coming more adult within the journey like they did in this film because the characters you can tell it started off as like a game to them in this movie yeah it started off like a game We're like hey let's we didn't go oh you didn't pack no money oh let's what we got two dollars and let's go get some you know and then like they're going on this journey and um but at the same time they evolving as characters and becoming yeah. you know like all of them all every character in this film has uh has their own baggage and own you know like type of story yeah. you know I mean, yeah, I agree. Uh, I was curious. I was going to ask you this because mm-hmm. I wanted to ask, uh, like, who did you relate to the most? Uh, actually, uh, honestly, I, I relate. I relate to uh, uh, Gordy Gordy Lachance the most. Um, I thought that might. Yeah, be I wasn't. I, I'm big now, but I wasn't a heavy set kid. Um, and uh, but I was always. I felt misunderstood as a kid. Uh, I felt, you know, you can tell Gordy uh, feels a bit lonely, even though like in the in a, in a midst of folks. And that's kind of how I come off or feeling a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that he was, but, and he was creative though. And yeah. I was always told I was a very creative kid, but you know, people like, I, I'll, I'll also like Gordy's relationship with his dad. was similar to my relationship with my dad. Although in the sense of, like my father, me, our relationship now is great, you know. But growing yeah. up, yeah, I uh, you now. Uh, growing <laughs> up, my father and I, you know, I, I always felt that I disappointed him as a, as a son because I didn't, I wasn't really into like sports. You know, no, no, my dad. It was. Oh, that's my story. It sports was. Uh, it was uh, like out, outdoors work, like building fences yeah, or too. doing cars or you know. I wasn't really into that. Aaron and I are basically the same person. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> So, you know, and so this movie, like, I, I hurt for uh, Gordy in the sense of, like, he was really, really and they show the scene where he wasn't really seen by no one in his family other than his big brother, Denny. Denny saw him. Denny saw his war- worth and seen who he was as a, as a human being. But, um, he yeah. like, there's a, they're sitting at a table, and he's like, Mom, uh, passed the, you know, he has two or three of them, like mom and dad. We passed the mashed potatoes, and nobody's paying attention to them. They're talking to Denny. Well, you got, you're going to go play college football, son. You got to do this and this and this. And then he's like, Gordy wrote an amazing story, you know. And then, like, his mom's like, Oh, what is your story about, dear? And then the father's like, That's dumb writing stories, you know. You know, you should put your head and do something else, you know. And I felt that way. I, I was more into, Honestly, video games and stuff like that in wrestling. I wasn't into basketball and stuff. I was awkward because I didn't get it. I didn't know. I didn't know until honestly until Space Jam. I didn't know who Michael Jordan was because I didn't. It wasn't something I was into. I wasn't into basketball, so I didn't care. Yeah, I watched uh, sports due to my brother. Uh, He played football. (laughs) So. Uh, I, I I tried to play football. I just didn't have the heart for it. I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't have the interest. Mm-hmm. I was more like you. I, I wrote stories, and I'm, I actually wrote stories that I I kept it from my family. Oh really? Yeah, because I knew that they didn't approve, or they wouldn't understand. <laughs> I think I did the correct term. They wouldn't understand. Yeah. Like, what? You're part of this family. You're writing stories. 
You know, it kind of reminds me of the John Lithgow uh, character. What you got to write about? You're not sad. You're not depressed. From Orange County. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, well, yeah, I, I was creative like you were, and you know, I kept it kind of a secret for a long time. Mm. So uh, I totally relate to Gordy as well. Yeah, but that's the character in here that I related to the most. I would say that I did have a my I did have a friend like uh, uh, Chambers, uh, which is River. Uh, that was my friend Joey, uh, Joey Smith. He's now passed away. You know, just like Chambers is gone, uh, but and both died violently, unfortunately. And uh, but Joey's murder has not been solved and uh and we still want it to be solved and resolved uh not to take it to a dark place but it's something that we still want but but growing up just it's crazy no matter what joey always was there and had my back and just was almost like a protector yeah. and uh and i um you know you know just he's still missed um but yeah I, so I can totally relate to this movie. Uh, yeah. You know, you had a crazy friend. You had that one crazy friend that, like, was a risk taker, and you're like, come on, man, don't do that. That was the, in my opinion, the, uh, it was also Joey. He was kind of, he was kind of crazy. But, um, yeah, I think, for me, the Bill character would have probably been Josh. He also died at an early age. Uh, what? Well, call him Bill. His name's Bill. Is it Bill? Bill Chambers. Is it really Bill Chambers? I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> I always thought that it's called Chris Chambers. Maybe I'm getting a name mixed up. I, I like, thought they Bill? said Bill. Bill was, uh, Bill was in It. I know. I don't think... I don't, no, yeah, you're I don't, right. It's Chris. Yeah. I don't think Stephen King... Was I'm getting Chambers. the names confused. It's Stephen King related, though. So. Yeah. Okay. Chambers. I'm just going to go with Chambers. Chambers, yeah. Chambers would have been Josh for me. Uh, as I said, he died early. He had died uh, five days before his 21st birthday. Oh, man. Yeah, it still hits me hard. Uh, I always still feel sad around that time. And uh, crazy friend, though, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess I kind of would have been the crazy friend. You're the crazy one? <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, but, yeah, I, I um, so I can totally relate to these these guys. Um, I, we, you mentioned it, and I, I want to talk about this again. Um, um not River, but uh, Corey Feldman. What's yeah. his character? Teddy. Teddy. We're just gonna call him Teddy. Yeah. Or is, or, I had a yeah, it's Teddy. Yeah. So Teddy, <laughs> Teddy came from a broken home. His father uh, stormed the beach of Normandy. Came back with PTSD. This is something that they didn't really know about. They just came back changed. Um, yeah. And and you don't ever see his father, but his father uh, one night in in his fits burnt Teddy's ear to a stove and and in the movie you see the his a burnt ear and he wears glasses because he has he needs corrective vision but he's also very very crazy he's he's almost like he's almost like a younger version like I, when you when you think of Kiefer Sutherland's character in this movie you think of him being a combination of both Chambers and and uh teddy like a combination of them two in my opinion uh but just like he has the poise of of chambers like he doesn't he's not like crazy acting like you know teddy no, he's very calm but he's very calm but he's also that he has that death wish that teddy he has. definitely does have a death wish yeah i mean, I mean kiefer was so good in this movie kiefer kiefer was go man kiefer nailed supporting roles early mm -hmm. on in his career that got him starring roles 
Like I, I would say, Lost Boys is one. This is one. I would even say Young Guns is Doc is one because mm. uh, he's in the shadow of Emilio in that movie. Everybody is Doc, so I mean, you know, freaking Emilio is the best man. Yeah, but it, it, later on, it, it, he he got Flatliners, which is not a supporting role. He he nailed. All of them. He's the one I noticed the most. And then Julia. And then Julia at the Keeper in that movie, yeah. Yeah, I forget who is actually the main character. Is it Kevin Bacon? Oh, Kevin's in there, too. Yeah. Dang it. I we got to review that. We I ain't seen it in years. I want to review the remake, though. I would not. I haven't even seen it. I don't want to. Mm-mm. I mean, if it's on streaming, I'll watch it when I get streaming. But <laughs> when I mean, you get streaming. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I agree. Keeper. Yeah, I, I, he just nailed everything. And he's so good in this. Like, it, I hate it when he when I have to dislike Kiefer when like, he plays a prick. Yeah, because he's so, he's good, so at good. He's so good at it, and he's like one of my all-time favorite actors. I mean, I ain't gonna lie, I, I love Kiefer. I always have, always will. You know, I don't feel like he's done a bigger role than Jack Bauer, uh, but you know, all these small roles led to be him becoming Jack Bauer. Yeah. I see a little bit of everything he's done in Jack Bauer. Yeah, so, I agree with that. Um, but yeah. So he is the protagonist, uh, the antagonist, rather, in this film. Uh, to an extent, uh, he is like he is the foreboding. Uh, I want to talk about this before we keep moving into the plot of this film. Uh, Stephen King is excellent with writing uh, movies that deal with death of a family member and how the family copes around that. Like, and if you think about it, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, Georgie, uh, with his the loss of his, his of his brother, um, just he pretty much vanished in the background. Like, of, so it makes me wonder if Stephen had a sibling that died or something, because he's so good at writing those. Like, it's like it's come from a real place. I don't think so. But he's so good at I, it. I remember reading he did talk about his brother or a family member, but I don't think they died. Because uh, it was asked. Uh, it, was, it was on Stephen King on writing. Mm-hmm. I read that a few years back because I'm very interested in writing actual s- novels mm-hmm. now more than screenplays. And I was, you know, I was just, you're going to read somebody and get insp- insp- inspiration and advice. Who better than to read Stephen King on writing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't think he, yeah, I think I remember died. I remember there was one story he told where they were really poor and, and they had adventures. That's what led up to like Stand by Me, and it comes from his brother. Mm. Uh, I do believe. Sorry, pop. <laughs> but yeah, just ran right into um, my fist. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like sometimes they come back, sometimes they come yeah. back again. Like he always has movies that deals with a sibling. That's like a that's like a motif in his film in his stuff. I would say he not just a movie, friend. but yeah, yeah, he must have. But um, and uh. Also, if you ever watch Castle Rock, these characters are mentioned in Castle Rock because it's like, yeah, it's because it's a shared universe. Castle Rock. Yeah, is. I know, and I know this this film, this story takes place in Castle Rock. Yeah, I noticed that when they said it at first. Oh, yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah, I, I love. But I never did pick up on Castle yeah. Rock. Castle Rock back then. Yeah, Castle Rock is I think fictitious to Maine, but uh, but yeah, it's just. Man, it's just a great. There is really a dairy, but I don't think it's in Maine. I think it's in New Hampshire. Um, but um, but yeah, this uh, this movie though, they go on this journey and um, and uh, Teddy, uh, they, you remember they uh, cross the fence and um, oh, yeah. you know and like he's 
like he's already uh, um, Gordy was feeling bad because you know the guy keeps bringing up his brother and you know what that's like if you've lost a loved one you know honestly sometimes you don't want to hear folks uh say oh yeah you know like not only did they say oh yeah sad what happened to your brother but uh they pretty much say are you like your brother like yeah. you are you gonna be that legacy and he's like no i don't know he actually said i don't know what i want to do i don't know who yeah. i am it also reminds me of the when he's in when he's getting the stuff to buy stuff and he, he, the guy mm-hmm. is talking about his brother says so you play football yeah that's what i was talking about yeah, yeah it's like no it's like what do you do it's like i don't know you he know, hasn't like, he hasn't figured out who he was and uh and this is what this journey is also uh you know to find out who you are um but yeah sick balls though let's talk about that did you just say sick balls yeah, yeah. <laughs> sick balls <laughs> That was a funny scene, because uh, you, you're, you're expecting Cujo <laughs> from that scene. That, 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 that. You know, it's funny. Uh, is uh, it Sandlot so much copied that too? Uh, but yeah, pretty much uh, Sandlot copied this one. Like this movie has been copied. It's the Numerous defining coming of age yeah, movie. Absolutely. But um, but yeah, so there's um, in this movie, uh, it reminds me of growing up about my grandmother's house. One of my neighbors had a dog that kind of to me. As a kid, I bet you it doesn't now. Like like now, if I was an adult to look back at then, I'm pretty sure it didn't look like Cujo. But for me, it looked like Cujo. And and, and we used to say, okay, we're like we're trying to run because to get to my grandmother's house, we had to pass the uh, pass the school, pass Parker Bennett Carry or Parker Bennett uh, uh, Center, and then um, run across this field. And to just to get to my grandmother's backyard, mm-hmm. and the dog was like the neighbor's dog, and he it was always in the back at his doghouse with a long chain, and we would run and try to make it there, and at the same time you like oh you don't know if that chain's about to break, you just you just like really like getting really close, but that's what it reminded me of. It just took me back to being that kid. Yeah, uh, Chris had a dog. He had a he had a pit bull that I was afraid of. So that scene kind of reminded me of that too. Uh, but as far as dogs that look like real dogs from like classic like movies or TV shows, mm-hmm. a Clint sister had a, 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 a had a dog look just like Lassie. I mean, exactly. Like, really? Yeah. Was, and I, it was a, the most beautiful dog I've ever seen in my life. Still remember it to this day. It was it was amazing. I, <laughs> I always wanted that dog. You know, yeah, didn't happen. <laughs> but anyway, never got it. Never got that dog. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I remember the bulldog though. And I, I mean, every time I would see the bulldog out in the yard, I would stand still or I would fall down, literally fall down. I was, I was fearful of that dog. And I remember he's like, he won't bite you. I don't know. You look at that bulldog. He, he looks angry. He looks like he's ready to eat something. <laughs> I was like, and I remember finally I, I did pet him, and he was fine. And it was like. But it took me like a month just to pet him. Just that, that I lived in fear for a month. Just like <laughs> like that. Um, and he says, uh, the writer says, the narrator Richard says that was my first moment uh, when I realized that sometimes the legend is uh, the reality is doesn't really fit the legend. Yeah. Because the legend is this big dog. It's like you know, and then but when he sees the dog, it's like oh, that's that's the dog that everybody's afraid of. You know. But then, like you know, they are right. teasing the dog. And, did steal that. Yeah, and then, uh, and then uh, the, and then uh, the guy was like, 
Now, I know you. You're Teddy. You're West name son. Your father's off in the loony bin. You know, and he just started, like, really, like, just making him just, like, upset. And uh, and it's, and then uh, Jerry O'Connor Byrne tried to, you know, help the situation. Like, singing the song today, singing all cheerfully. Mm-hmm. But, but, it's, but at that moment, it was a different trip. The trip has now changed yeah. a bit, you know. Yeah, it was, and I mean, that guy was a prick. He's a, he's a prick, yeah. I mean, to bring up something like that, I mean, but you know, I mean, people are cruel. What's the dog doing? <laughs> the dog's licking himself. That's what dogs do. That's what dogs do. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was, but I, I would say one of my favorite scenes is the train scene mm-hmm. when they're running from the train. Like, I, I love that. And what was his name, Burn? Burn, yeah. He just falls down. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm just gonna stay here. I don't want to die. I'm just gonna stay here. We're gonna talk about the most epic scene. So, there's two major train scenes. One is uh, first when they first see a train, first early into the trip, and uh, Teddy wants to play chicken with the train, and he's like, oh, it's gonna swerve, (laughs) something like that, you know. But like, like uh, Chambers. Pretty much had to drag him off the track. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, "You got death wish? Like, what's wrong with you, man? You know, and uh, you know, and uh, just it just was like, wow, this guy is crazy. Um, but then, like, they this, they get to a point where in their journey, where they could either keep going, uh, they could either uh, uh, they have to either go back and take a different route, which is going to take more time to get there, or Cross the tracks over a how how big of a drop was it? They uh, said it's pretty big. Over a hundred foot drop, they said. Um, uh, and just and my gosh, ah, I, I would have went the other way. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way I could have done. I've been that kid on the train tracks, and my bike stuck on the train. And I'm frozen because the train's coming, and I don't know what to do, and I can't get my bike off. And my friend and somebody came up and helped me out of nowhere. I've never been on a train track in my life. It, it just because we to get to um, to get to like back then we had a little community center called High Street. Those that live in Bowling Green know what I'm talking about. There's High Street growing up, um, and um, to get there you had to cross the L and N Depot train train tracks. Back then, it was the building was abandoned, but you had to cross those tracks, and uh, and I was not a strong kid, so my big, uh, huffy, uh, you know, my my bike, bike. yeah, uh, Swift, I called it Swift, but uh, um, uh, my bike, I tried to lift it, and I couldn't get it over the tracks, and and it got like stuck, and the train was coming, and I thought I was about to die. I was like really scared, but somebody came. Like literally out of the bushes, They're like help, you know, help me, help me out, get me, you know. I was like, and they left, and it's just random, you know. I always thought it was an angel, in my opinion, but okay. But anyway, yeah. So that part, they walk in the tracks, and Gordy feels like he has this ominous feeling that the train's coming, and and he feels the tracks, and he says that train, <laughs> yeah, and. Burn, so I, I would have died that day. <laughs> I know me, I would have died that day. So you would have been burned. You just fell over. So I ain't getting up. I don't want to die, but I'm not getting no. up. <laughs> I, I just, I, I think honestly, 
part of me would have just jumped into the water. Like I, I think that's my what would have been my first. See, that's what I thought. They I thought they jumped. Mm. They do jump, but I thought they jumped into the water. See, I, I had a. But my memories are not what they were. But I thought train tracks had, like that train tracks was pretty close together. But I thought the train tracks had those, like had the space between mm-hmm. them, and like I was always afraid of like, you know, falling. Like I never crossed a bridge, to on the train tracks, because uh, there there's a bridge where I where I live, uh, Fair River, that bridge, man, and there's many people that have been hit by trains. And died, you know, landed yeah. in the water or whatever, or or fell off the bridge just walking. The uh, like there was literally literally a story growing up of a kid that was hit by a train because he was trying to cross that, and the train was coming and he had a bike and he didn't want to lose his bike, and the train hit him both. That's that was something that I don't know if my parents just told us that, so we just stay our bus off the tracks, but it worked, you know, to an extent. I guess we still had to cross, but still. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, oh man, um, that part though, it was so intense. It was intense. Even though I've seen it before, I know what happens. It was so intense. It, it's been a long time since I've seen it, so I, it's like, oh, I know they jump at some point, but it's like at the very end and they jump up like on the gravel, the rocks area, not 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 into the water. He was so, crying. I was like, I was like, Bird was crying. I yeah, feel all that. Yeah, I mean, I mean. I, who wouldn't be crying in that situation, especially for a heavy set kid? Yeah, I mean in that situation because I was. Heavy-set. Would you? Would you? Would you? Would you have been burned in that situation? I don't know if I would have actually fell over and started crying. So like, I don't want to die. <laughs> but I think I would have froze. Okay. Definitely. And like, and people would have had to push me and run. It's like. But I, I love that scene, though. I mean, it, it's intense and it felt real. And it, oh man, it just, I, I love the intensity of that scene. Yeah. I mean, the trains come and they're running. I mean, you got Corey and you got um, um, River, mm-hmm. uh, hit of the pack. Yeah, they 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 say. But you got. But then they usher in them. Come on, come on, come on, River. You got on. Jerry and Will, not so safe. Yeah, and he and got he, Jerry falling down. And he just and he keeps like pushing, go, 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 you know, because like any moment if he falls again, they're dead. Yeah, you know, like at that point, if he would have fell again, I had to leave him. But then you gotta explain that to your parents. Like, what were y'all doing? Like, they weren't supposed to be where they was at anyway. They're no. supposed to be at each other's house, you know. But yeah, um, oh man, it's just it was a great scene. Um, but then they uh, they made it to that one part where they can just. Sit down and uh, is that when they had the dinner scene when they're eating? Yeah. And and then it's talking about like they're smoking and yeah. and talking about goofy and you know and just like little conversation that kids would have. But I love how they acted so adult, but they weren't. No, 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 no. not at all. I mean, but they kind of do become adults by the end of the movie. Yeah. And like he's, like Richard says in the movie. Uh, Everything changed after that day, and mm-hmm. it truly does, because you, you, the whole journey is to see this body, yeah. right? And, and gonna, it became an obsession. Um, yeah. He says it. He says that. He says it becomes an obsession for him. Um, what What's your thoughts on, um, like he, like he has this moment. Is that no, no, no? Uh, like they they were talking. That's when Chambers has his moment, and he starts crying. 
Because, yeah. like, his, honestly, Chambers has been the strongest character throughout this whole film. And, uh, but then, like, as he's just having a moment talking to Gordy, he, uh, he cries. He has that moment. Oh, before I get there, I meant the Billford, the Hobbit, the Hobbit mentioned the pie eating contest because they asked Gordy to tell him a story. And as a kid, it's always confused me because I didn't know why they cut to the pie eating contest. And I honestly, honestly, I thought that the kid from the pie eating contest was actually the kid that was dead on train tracks. I, that's who I thought it was in my mind. I thought that's who I was seeing. Uh, but now I saw that there's totally different kids. Um, but yeah. So, uh, but yeah, um, what do you think about that story? Uh, I think the story's great, and I also think it's Stephen King poking fun of himself because they say how he is. Yeah, everyone complains because he doesn't know how to write an ending. Mm -hmm. So he kind of took a shot at that, and it's great that a writer of his magnitude can poke fun of himself. It's like I get criticized; I don't know how to end a story, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it in my story that this guy don't know how to end a story. He mentions it. Between y'all two, who wins a pie eating contest? Depends what kind of pie we're Depends on what type of pie, bro. <laughs> uh, let's, let's be real. Apple pie, it's He's not winning. it's not a contest because I'm just gonna eat the pie like normal. Uh, well, they had they had blueberries or whatever. What they have? Cherry pie? I think it was. I think it was blueberry. Yeah, they had some type of. I don't maybe like, maybe it was cherry. Though. I don't do blueberries, so I wouldn't won that contest. Cherry pie. I would have ate cherry pie. I like cherries, so. But I've I, never been in a cherry. I never had. I've never been in a pie eating pie contest. contest. I haven't been in any type of eating contest. No, I haven't either. Like, I, uh, like, <laughs> like, I seen this meme one time where they show these people like eating at a pie contest and just like eating, eating, eating. And they said, and then it shows this black dude sitting at the end with a fork. He said, "Nah, homie, free pie." <laughs> <laughs> so that'd be me. I'm just eating pie. But uh, but that story was great because this kid Lardass, as they called him, uh, Lawrence Lawrence or Lard, yeah. Uh, but uh, they they call him that, and the whole town makes fun of him, and pokes fun at him, and he got his revenge. Um, he uh, he drunk a bottle of castle oil and uh, raw eggs, and uh, and then he uh, vomited on one person and created like a whole orchestra orchestra of vomit. Yeah, it's uh, kind of like Domino's falling. Yeah. <laughs> it was, with vomit. And it was a great end into the story, but then they're like, well, what happened to him? He's like, I don't know. He went home and ate two double cheeseburgers. I don't know. <laughs> you know, he said, no. And then Teddy's like, no, how about he kills his family and he kills his dad and he runs off to yeah, Texas. It's dark. It's like, like, what? What's wrong with you, man? But Maybe Teddy is Stephen King. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so Teddy... Could be very sociopathic, uh, uh, but um, trouble. But I think Kiefer is truly a sociopath. I think I don't think that he values human life at all. That, I mean, no, nah, he didn't even value his own. So playing chicken with that truck. I mean, so I mean, no, he doesn't value life at all. Yeah, I mean, you don't value your own life. You don't value anyone else's. No. So yeah. Yeah, and his friends isn't really his friends as. As it's just he, they're, they're there because they're convenient for him. It's not so much, hey, that's my buddy. I do what I can for him. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we kind of know folks. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, not saying a word. But anyway, so there is uh, 
so there is the um so after the Python contest story and all that, they get to the pivotal scene of the leeches. This scene always messed me up. I've never seen a leech in real life. Oh, I have. <laughs> oh, yes. Do tell, Brandon. <laughs> I was at a lake. Oh, went, went swimming with my Jordan. cousins. I got a same place, too, darling. Oh, no. <laughs> Is that, that there was no blood, thankfully. Not, not at least not that much. You know, but yeah, same. Pl- I was freaking out. It was having a good old. I remember Tasha, my cousin Tasha. She was taking the leeches off. I think we, we all got them. It just I happened to get one down there. Like, how did y'all notice? Did someone just see it? Yeah. On, on you or something? Which we were warned there were leeches in the in the water. And I, I'm like, I don't know, maybe five, six years old. I don't know what a leech is. <laughs> I was like, what's a leech? <laughs> yeah. It's water. Let's get in the water. <laughs> like, when people warn me of stuff. I don't heed the warning. Unless you tell me. <laughs> like, if you would have seen what you didn't at the time, but I think if you would have seen maybe a Night of the Creeps before trying to go swimming, they said leeches, you know, kind of like yeah. what you see on Night of the Creeps, you would have not got in. You would have, yeah. nope. And I hadn't, I, honestly, I haven't really been swimming since. Uh, you know, I've been the, truly swimming. I, I've never I haven't, been, I haven't been inside of a. You know, I mean, I've been on a lake before. I've been in a boat, but I haven't been in the water in a lake since. Oh, day. dang, bro! He said my ex-wife is a leech. Well, that's that's very, very, very. I don't know what that is, Billford. <laughs> Yo, fellas, hey, what's up, Ace? We're talking about Stand by Me. We're at the park talking about the leeches. Uh, but yeah, no, I've never experienced that. I, I went swimming in a lake once, maybe. Um, and but, do not recommend. Maybe it wasn't Lake because it's in Nashville Shores. I don't th- I don't know That's, what you I, call that. I don't I know what been. that is. I don't know if it's a lake. It's in Nashville Shores, but I've never been like to a real. Never lake. been to a real lake. Mm-mm. I ain't getting no water. I'm black. We know we we know our limits. I'm not saying we can't swim. I'm just saying that's too many elements that I can't control in that water. That's all I'm saying. Aaron with his black theory. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, we got to be real. That's why, uh, like, uh, Jordan Peele has a movie called Nope. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just black dudes seeing something happen and be like, nope. Mm-mm. And that's the end of the movie. If it is, I'll be so, I love it. It'd you know great. what? I hope, it's, I hope there's a sequel and a white guy directs it. It's called Yep. Yep. That's what I, that's what I hope. <laughs> or a spinoff. Yep. White people be doing this. Yeah, that's what they do. That's what. That's what. Yeah, nobody See, goes frozen. We like adventure. We like, you know, death. Yes, yes. I understand. That's why jobs get y'all. No black folks die because, nope. Anyway, well, back to leeches. He can't even kill you. Mario Van People's Jaws Revenge gets because he wasn't the real. Shark, he wasn't real. Being bitten like Quint, but he survives. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, preparations. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, preparations. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, Anyway, uh, let's see. Let's see the comment. Yeah. Yeah, never experienced a leech encounter before. Me neither. I'm like. Oh, it's fun stuff, let me tell you. I bet you it isn't. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so. Um, yeah, so they, they get to the leeches, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And he pulls it out and faints. And uh, you experienced it? I have. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I don't know what you do about that. You didn't, you didn't experience Sandlot and Stand By Me. <laughs> You experienced Goonies too? 
No, I've never been on an adventure like that. I've never so. been in. The, I've been in the cave system, but it was a part of a field trip, so it's not so much Goonies. No, nah, I can't. I honestly can't say I've experienced the Goonies. Yeah, I would like to. Yeah, I wouldn't. You wouldn't yeah, want to come I'm, across. Yeah, uh, money, yes, but without the adventure, absolutely. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I mean, coming across a pirate ship full of gold, yeah. you touch it, you die. No, I'm good. I'm One eye Willie. Good. <laughs> I see. I see enough of them. <laughs> hey, oh, anyway, all right, so uh, after all this, they finally get to the body, and uh, and it becomes real to them, like, it's there it is, it really is, and it was, the train knocked him out of his shoes, um, and yeah, there's a body, uh, and, you know, it's crazy, it's there, you know, it reminds me a lot of Boys in the Hood, I just was thinking about this, because at the beginning, of the movie, that's what that one kid's like. Hey, you want to see a dead body? And Maybe take, that's why I remember because he, he got stabbed or something, right? I'm pretty sure the kid. So I'm confusing sh- boys in the hood to this that scene. Good, good, good. <laughs> I, I don't know how, but okay. But because uh, they found a dead body. Yeah, they the did. It's like the kids knew the dead body, but then the, like like the gang member dude was like, "Hey, man, that dude, that dead body ain't messing with you. Leave it alone." And then like he said, he took his football. Smart man. He, he took his football and he said, "Man, I could buy a hundred balls." And he hold, hold a stack of money. Uh, but you know, it's so that movie is great though. But anyway, we, we should review that one. Day. I think that that's a coming of age film. I believe it's. I you know what else is a coming of age film? Well, not really, but it is a black movie. I want to review with you. Do tell. I want to review House Party and Class Act with Kid and Play. I know you're not the biggest fan of a class act these days, but uh, I want I own it, darn it. Okay, okay, <laughs> we will have to. But uh, that is my favorite comedy that they did together was Class Act. Okay. I loved it. We're at the pivotal pivotal point. Of I know we me. just found a body, but <laughs> we're at the body, man. And, and I'm sorry, guys. Here I am like getting play. Hola, <laughs> yeah. hola, hey. All right, uh, let's see. School days. Oh right, yeah, I feel you on that. I remember put that up right a minute. Yeah. I was thinking that too, that with Boys in the Hood scene. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and School Days, uh, there's an epic Spike Lee film, uh, which you've probably never seen. I, I keep on missing his his work. His earlier stuff is better than his later stuff. It's in my opinion. But uh, but yeah, um, I agree. All right, so they get to the body, but at the same time, unbeknownst to them, uh, Ace and his gang is on their way to the body too. And so they get there, and then at this moment, um, Georgie is having a moment where he's like, Georgie. Yeah. Not Georgie, I'm sorry, Gordy. <laughs> Very similar. They both became writers. Yeah. This is the same kid. Uh, when well, Georgie dies, dude, Pennywise. Yeah, what's the other? Bill. Bill. I'm sorry. I did. I put, I put, I put. You me? Put you. But anyway, uh, so uh, Gordy. Is having a moment where he's like, he's like, why did why did my brother have to die? And then he's like, then he also mentioned, why does my father not love me? You know, like yeah, why, is, why does he hate me? And, that's powerful uh, right there. And, that and, whole scene was powerful. Yeah, just like because honestly, as a kid, I, you know, uh, growing up, I always did truly truly want my father's uh, love. You know, not saying that he didn't love me, but I just didn't. Oh, he, at the time, growing up, he didn't really know how to, you know, show it. It wasn't until he became a Christian um, that me my father's relationship grew, you know. 
and now today we have a great relationship. I yeah. love my dad. Uh, I love my dad then, but but yeah, but my father always provided for us. He was in the house. He, you know, you know. I, I thank God I grew up with both parents, um, and so and my parents rate like created who we are. I dedicate this podcast to my mom. She's the one that really got me in the movie. So, uh, but yeah, I, I really felt him though. I felt because you have that moment, and you mentioned this that you had the moment in your life that you was seeking the the love of your dad and you didn't no, like I, your dad didn't really know how to show you that no 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 <laughs> no no not at all uh me and my dad didn't get close until my son was born so it took a lot of years uh, i was just different than everyone else in my family i was yeah, oh, me and my brother are night day and day. Like, yeah. Honestly, we are. We, we're, we're night and day. I always felt like the black sheep of the family. Mm. I joke about it that I, I'm the black sheep. I, I embrace that because I'm different, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, me and my dad never, like, I did football for him, and he didn't really come to any of my games. So he went to one. And so I just I quit because it was like it wasn't my thing. And I knew what my thing was. Cause ever since I was a little boy, I always wanted to act or tell tell a story mm-hmm. some way. I didn't know about writing at that point, but I knew why after watching Jaws, I wanted to do what Spielberg was doing. <laughs> like, it's, that's the main reason I call myself a Spielberg kid, because he inspired the creative side. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, but yeah, me and my dad didn't really connect. Until, until like, after your dad until until Dawson Dawson. was born. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, now we have a great relationship. Yeah. Like, my father, uh, just, like, I remember, I do regret there was times where my dad wanted to show me, like, how to do things. Like, I had, like, my cousin, Jamal, his father, I love him to death, too, my uncle, too. Uh, He was, his. he was the fun dad to my cousin. Like, he would pick, he'd pick us up, take us to, like, Gettyland. Uh, you remember Gettyland? Here in Bullying? Did you ever go to it? Mr. Gettys, same think thing. I went once. Yeah, but he take us there, take us to Aladdin's castle at the mall or something. Just, just we just do fun stuff. He's like the fun, cool. He's my uncle. You know, he is my uncle, but he's he's a fun, cool dad. And you know, pick up my cousin and I, and just take us on like these little adventures, like going fishing and things like that. You know, just fun. My father, he was more. He was a hard worker. He's a hard working man. And he constantly was working, whether it was like, um, you know, working for uh, the company he worked for uh, or working in tobacco with my grandfather, who was a tobacco farmer. And he also had cattle, so he helped on the farm. My grandfather uh, too. And we're very similar. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah. Um, and then, or, or my dad would just be doing stuff around the house. Or he also had his own lawn mowing business that I helped out with my cousin, the. Uh, uh, Devon, because <laughs> I don't, I know your real name, but anyway, it's so hard for me to do it. But anyway, but yeah, we had our, he had our own business and we would help out with that. But you know, just growing up though, I never really, you know, I felt like I was always awkward, you know, around him because I didn't really want to do those things. I didn't really want to learn how. I remember taking me out to the side of the house and showing me how to clean fish. Oh, you know, and then, and then helping me, showing me how to clean, clean and clean rabbits. 
and stuff like that, like things like that. They never like, really got to clean any rabbits. Yeah, we I had a fish. Had a yeah, he told me had a yeah, I never did there. But oh, yeah, you don't he, want it. he told me had a, a scale, you know, get the scales off and then you know how to gut it mm. and had a you know, you remember you know what I'm talking about. I but, do. I but yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't like because <laughs> back in the in the time it just like it, it just the smell of it. I just remember the image of a newspaper and blood and just these things and and I just didn't know how to respond to it. But I was a kid and but now, you know, I know that my father was just trying to show me how to one, be a you know, survive, how to uh, you know, uh how to do some certain things. If I don't know how to fix this or I don't know how to bottle feed a calf. If I needed to, you know, feed a, feed a calf, I know how to do so. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know how to do that, but uh, and I know how to, you know, uh, uh, strip tobacco, you know, things like that. I learned that from my dad and my granddad. But yeah, but I still wanted that relationship that I didn't really have until I got older, uh, and he became a Christian because we can now. Christ brought us closer together. I am a Christian. I, I don't deny that, but um, but yeah. That scene with Gordy was so powerful because all he wants is for his father to see him mm-hmm. and love him. And and he had a dream that his father was like, I think, I, I, now let me ask you, would you think it was a dream or a flashback for him when his father says it should have been you? I think it's a dream. I don't think. You don't think a parent would straight out say that? Not a good parent. <laughs> but he, uh, but he, that's, that's the feeling that he felt. He, he yeah. had that feeling that it should have been because nobody really cares about me. Um, everybody cares about my brother that's no longer here, and so yeah. you know maybe I should have been the one that died, and he should be alive because nobody would miss me. And that's that you know I, I you know growing up honestly dealing with depression. I, I, I have depression. Um, it's just something that you always think about, but you know, but it, you know. It's a real thing, and if you hurting out there, man, reach out to somebody um, because there's people out here that truly love you and care about you. I just want you to know that. But um, yeah, I don't mean take it to a dark place, but we just want you to know that we do care about you, honestly. Um, Brandon, true? Very true. Yeah. I mean, I can speak of it too. I've, I've, I've dealt with depression in the past five, six, seven, eight years. Wait <laughs> <laughs> a minute. Uh, you know. I went through cancer. I went through multiple back surgeries. I went through disability. I mean, having to give up your job, not wanting to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they told me if you hurt your back again, there's nothing we can do. You know, I it changes you. And, you know, you feel less than. You feel less than. And, you, and I went to a dark place. I went to a place where I didn't think anyone cared about me. Mm-hmm. And I went through a really dark place. I care about you. I know you have told me several times. I actually He'll randomly message me like, "Man, I love you, man." And I'm like, I, "How you doing?" And I was like, "I'm good." So, something up? And it's like, no, I just want to you to know I care about you. <laughs> it's like that's Aaron, and like, this is me, man. It is you. So right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I can honestly say, you know, I know what you go through. I mean, depression is no, it's not, it's not, it's not a joke. And that's, that's, I felt like that's what Gordy was going through. Like I, yeah. I, I think underlining, he was a very depressed kid. You know, he didn't really show it. He didn't really express his, and that's what people say about me. You don't express your feelings, and I don't have. I have an issue learning, like, you know, how to tell people how I feel. You know, but he tells it in a way of characters, like the pie eating contest kid with lard ass. You know, it was like 
an expression of how he felt of getting revenge of people, you know, you know, maybe not seeing him, but as just a caricature and making fun of him, you know, and I grew up being made fun of as well. But yeah, um, I had my own bullies. You had your own bullies, you know, Yeah, you know, but yeah. But when you get your revenge against your bully, that's what we're going to talk about next. Because Kiefer comes up. What happens? What happens? Yeah, Kiefer shows up. Uh, I completely forgot that. Yeah, he gets he gets knocked down. He gets knocked. Oh, uh, was uh, it was it was Chris, right? Uh, well, 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 he shows up and he pretty much tells him, "Hey, we're gonna I'm gonna take this body." Yeah, he shows up. And he's wanting to take the body. Uh, what are you gonna do? Do you mind reading that? I this is from Ace Arcadia. I dealt with depression as well, so I understand it. After my mom passed. To four, 2007, I went through a dark period myself. Yeah. Sorry to hear about that. Ace. Yeah. Uh, my mom also passed away, bro. Um, you know, it's been five years now. Uh, and there's, you know, as you know, brother, um, there's not a day that goes by that you don't think about your mom, you know. Um, and she was truly uh, an amazing woman for me. Um, and uh, she was the type of woman that would, uh, Open the door, open her door up, her house up for people, anyone. I have, I have literally legitimate two sisters, but I have multiple, you know, sisters that are cousins or friends of the family or brothers that are friends of the family because we have multiple people in and out of our house. Uh, and, you know, and my, my mom fed them, you know, clothed them, gave them money, whatever she needed to do to kind of help folks get on their feet. And just a testament of who she was, her character. Uh, and uh, she was truly a willing worker. Uh, I'm sorry to hear about your mom. Uh, it, you know, um, but yeah, um, but yeah, man, if you ever need to reach out, you can always message us. Um, even on our Facebook page, we have a Facebook page as well, Market Movie Podcast. Feel free to message us or, you know, message me personally. Brandon, request me. That's fine. Or, or Brandon. And we'll love to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what were you saying though? Oh uh, yeah, oh uh, yeah. He was. They wanted to to keep the body. They wanted to you know, to get the, or I don't know if Ace the reward. Was, I don't know if Ace really wanted the reward though. Really, I mean, I think I don't know. I mean, I know his group, his friends, his friends, his crew, his crew wanted. Yeah, his crew. It was all about the reward. Mm -hmm. But Ace, I just think I don't know. He just came off so sick and twisted, like you know. I don't know what he really wanted. That's very true. My mom treated all friends like family. Amen. That's what's up. Uh, but yeah, he wanted that reward. Uh, he didn't really want. He wanted. He wanted the body because he takes stuff. So, you know whether you know it's the hat from Gordy that his brother gave him. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just he just that it's just his thing, and he needed to be taken out of peg too. And um, and I thought that's what the um, epilogue was going to be was like. Them saying, uh, you, know, well, you know, Ace finally got his revenge on Chambers, you know, something like that. Because, you know, but, you know, because he's like, you think it's over. It's not over. It's, you know, it's never over. You're wrong or whatever. Um, which, yeah. you know. Yeah, he, yeah, definitely Ace comes off like someone that can't let things go. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Ace. Ace, Ace ended up moving to Derry and, uh, and stalking Bill and him and killing his dad. I don't know. It's just I think this same he's pretty much the same character from uh that that was in um it. 
but you know they had different names very similar uh cool i sent a friend request on facebook thanks you're welcome brother um but yeah uh we um this movie so when they find a body they the other kids were like hey we're gonna take the body back and then like he said no we're not taking them back no one's taking them yeah you know uh but they did an anonymous tip yeah. to tell people where, poli- where where the body is um which honestly nothing really stopping acing him from just turning back around and claiming the body but okay i guess he was punked out that, that, that much that he See, that's what happens when you punk out a bully if it's physical or it's uh emotional or whatever you know mentally punk them out they, they leave yeah I had I had a bully I had two bullies in high school, um, two two real situations. Uh, one like I sat next to a guy I'm not gonna say his name, uh, but and he used to make fun of me every single day in class every day, and one day I just had enough, and I and he's a football player, and I stood up and slapped the fire out of the back of his head. <laughs> I don't know what I didn't even think about it. I just stood up and just slapped him, and uh. And he was, I was, and then I thought about him, like, oh, Lord, it's probably a bad idea. And so he was about to, but then, like, he stopped and didn't because what was, if he hit me, I would have died probably. Yeah. Like, I was, I was small. I was not, I was very small. Uh, and, um, but my teacher stopped and, and, you know, broke us up or whatever, broke us away from each other and moved me next to a guy named, uh, I had two friends named Joy Smith. Uh, one's passed away. One is still my brother to this day. He sent me next to Joey Smith, Randall, you know, the one that is a pro wrestler. He sent me next to him, and I was mad, and I just sat down and I started drawing. I, I, and first thing I draw when I got when I was drawing wrestlers or something was Ultimate Warrior. I would draw the mask and stuff like that. And he saw that I was drawing Ultimate Warrior, and uh, and he said, "Hey, you like wrestling?" I said, uh, "Yeah, you know." And then he's, he pulled out, you know, a WWF magazine or something, and then it was just over from there. Still one of my best friends to this day. Um, and uh, so things happen for a reason. The other yeah. bully, uh, just one day in gym, just he always messed with me. And one day I got mad and picked something up and hurled it at his head. He ducked, but he never messed with me again. But yeah, I mean, it's I, just, I remember I was like, I don't know, like third, fourth grade, and this eighth grader had always picked on me. And I was like, you know what? I've had enough. We're going to fight. <laughs> and we did. And he kicked my butt. <laughs> but it was like, but he was never that, bothered me again. What's that movie where, uh, like, where, like, the whole movie is the dude is waiting for the bell to ring because he's, uh, he's going to get. Of movies like you know that. what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. this movie is in the 80s where uh, he knows that. Matt Dillon in it? Yeah. Matt Dillon is a villain. Is, yeah. Is, is, it's is the bully. bully. Yeah, it's the bully. Yeah, right, I know right. what you're talking about. Uh, I don't but yeah, does he try to get a friend like try to recruit a guy to kind yeah. of be his bodyguard? Essentially? I think it's called the bodyguard. My bodyguard, or something? my bodyguard, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, and at the end, it's like you know we're gonna fight, and it, and it, yeah, just yeah, it's it's funny because that's pretty much you like okay, no, we're gonna fight, but then at the end, you got beat up, but he, he didn't. He didn't. You know what? Years later, he apologized to me. Mm. So I mean, it just showed me he. I remember he said, you know, I respected you for it. You know, I was like, I was like, you crazy. I'm like, and he was very tall. He's like six foot ten now. Uh, back then, he's probably like six four. 
Oh, wow. And I was like four foot something. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it was like David versus Goliath, but not the same results. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I, I had no fear. Yes, yes. And he was picking on me, and I was like, uh-uh, we, this is going to end. It reminds me of life uh, when, uh, you know, um, Goldmath was like, you going to eat your cornbread? And then, like, Eddie tried to tell uh, Martin, he's like, no, man, don't give him your cornbread. Man, get your own portion of cornbread. No, he can't eat his cornbread. Go get your own portion of cornbread. And uh, and then, like, he said, how about I eat your cornbread? No, you ain't going to eat my cornbread. We're going to fight, you know, whatever. And then he fought him, and then he got beat up. Yeah. And uh, But at the end, uh, he ended up getting uh, – he ended up really becoming friends with him, you know. And But, yeah, I thought that was great. So at the end of this movie – uh, they decide not to get the body, and they go back to uh, to Castle Rock, and they part ways. And the way it sounds is if they really stop being friends. Like like it mentions that uh, you know uh, Terry. That's the last he really you know he'll see Terry and uh, Burn briefly in the hallways, but uh, but they eventually became just other faces in the crowd. Yeah, faces. And and. I've had friends like that. What you know, you had friends like that where y'all was close, but then now you're like, yeah, hey, yeah I, I remember that guy. You know, it, it's very true because it's, it's kind of what happened for me and Josh. Uh, we just came strangers almost until like literally two or three weeks before he died. Uh, I was picked on by a bully. I was in target practice class in school. I wanted to get that sucker. Oh, well, I'm glad you didn't. Get that sucker, I guess. I'm glad that you're good now. Three O'Clock High is another good 80s movie. This is from Ace, where the main characters stand up to the bullies. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I forgot about that movie as well. I haven't um, seen that one. But yeah, uh, but the, but yeah, uh, so they, at the end, yeah, they become just, you, you, ch you know, Chambers and uh, Gordy State friends to the extent. And Gordy actually, uh, Chambers went to college because he didn't think that he would he had a name, and that's what his little beef was that, you know, yeah, he stole the money, but he put it back. But then the teacher stole it, but he still took the rap for it. And and so he's going to always be looked at as a thief, as a hoodlum, as a, you know, but he's saying, I'm not that. I'm not that guy. I yeah. actually have a heart. I actually have feelings, you know. Um, and he and he goes to become a lawyer, but eventually, and it always hurt, broke my heart that he got killed trying to break up a, a fight. fight. Yeah, knife fight. He got he got stabbed in the throat mm -hmm. and um, ended up dying almost immediately. But, you know, it's just crazy. And then, obviously, you know, with River actually ODing and dying, it just sends more shockwaves, you know. Yeah. Because, you know, like, this is River's greatest role, in my opinion, uh, as well. So I haven't seen a lot of his films, actually. I, I've seen more of his stuff when he was earlier. I didn't see his stuff later, you know. But, yeah. But no, um, the movie ends with you know him finishing his little book. I mean, I love how it ends though. Like, I never had friends like like these uh, when, when I swell. When I swell, but has anyone? Mm -hmm. I believe that's how he ended it. Has anyone? Yeah. And I love that because the truth is, no, I can't say I have. No, at twelve years old, the twelve year old Aaron, twelve to thirteen years old, man, my best friends then obviously aren't my best friends now. But it just we were young. We didn't think about we didn't think about bills. We didn't think about responsibilities. We was like 
let's go find something to eat. Let's do other stuff. But um, I'm going to go and give this how many markouts? Five. Uh, what are we doing next week? Summer school. Be here for that. Aaron Whitlow. Brandon Spavi. Thank you for marking out with us. Aaron Whitlow. Brandon Spotby here. Ah, yeah. We are the Markout <laughs> Movie Podcasters. Welcome to today's episode. We are here to discuss 1986's Stand By Me, a movie by Rob Reiner and a uh, based on a short story by Stephen King. Novella. Novella, right? Novella. A novella by novella. Stephen King. Uh, we're going to get into it, but before we do that, we're going to talk about a couple of things. We... Uh, you know, real quick, Brandon just recently watched Snake Eyes. Uh, you got any thoughts on that, real quick? Uh, my real quick thoughts. Uh, let me give you some more headroom. You gonna give me headroom? I almost said something else. <laughs> but uh, my my quick thoughts on Snake Eyes. Right. I um, you know, I, I I hated what they were doing at the beginning of the movie. Like his origin story, they really screwed it up. It's not, I mean, he's, you don't like him. You, you just don't like Snake Eyes. You care more for Storm Shadow, which, I mean, I kind of always did. No anyway, spoilers, Brandon. I'm not spoiling anything. I'm just saying you, you like him, and you don't really like Snake Eyes. But by the end of the movie, it kind of, it all fit. And I was like, you know what, I kind of dug it. I would say it's probably the best G.I. Joe film, though. All right. There you go. I haven't watched it. I, I want to see Ode, but then I don't. Because you know M Night hasn't really been firing on on all cylinders recently. But when be- has he ever? <gasps> Six cents. Uh, okay, that's one uh, movie. Um, I give you Signs too. Signs also you- Unbreakable. I thought that was good. Okay, pretty good. Okay, his first three movies. Split. Okay, how many years that's after? The end of it. That's the end of it. That's the end of the M Night Shyamalan. You know, being great. Like because uh, what's that one when they're in like they're not really Amish? They just village. yeah, that's terrible. Uh, it could have been so much better. Oh, anyway, I'm so disappointed. It was better than the happening. Oh, uh, but then he came back with the visit. The visit was good. Yeah, this is alright. Visit was good. It was alright. It's good. Yeah, I can't, it's alright to you. I can't go. You can't go good. Good. I it can was, go. Right. Like it's just eh. Yeah, you know what? I was like, okay. Alright. You did something decent. Decent. Okay. All right. but, you know. Yeah. Uh, hey, we got a comment. Let's see who we got. Bilfer. Hey. hey. Bilfer the Hobbit. Hello, buddy. You got a crocodile or alligator. That's cool. All right. Thank you, brother. Um, let's see. All right. Real quick, we're going to talk about AEW and their new ta- talent. Uh, so, Brandon, give us a scoop. Give you the scoops. Yeah. Uh, well, Daniel Braun. Has signed with AEW. Is Brian Danielson, I guess. He's I would back to his. I would say it'd be Brian Danielson. Yeah. I'm sure the yes chance to be still there though. Oh, it's gonna happen. <laughs> and <laughs> he's gonna sue. You cannot do the yes chance. Pretty much a done deal. The only thing they haven't done is actually meet up and sign the contract. CM Punk. 
It's clobbering time. Yes. I can't. It, no, if, if he does sign the contract, I can't wait for the pipe bomb of all pipe bombs because it's it's going to be great. Oh, uh, well, probably halfway during this podcast, we, we will be doing the cherry pie eating contest. Um, if you've seen uh, the movie, you know what we're referring to. But yeah, so AEW's new talent. Uh, Brandon, I think that we, I think AEW is already legitimized, you know, with like acquisitions like Jericho, yeah. Christian, you know, I'm going to still call him in Christian, Big Christian show. Cage now, right? Yeah. Um, Big right. Show. He is that in uh, TNA as well. Is he, is he called? Uh, oh yeah, Christian Cage. Christian Cage, yeah. Big Show, just Paul White, uh, and then uh, and I heard they were going with his Adam Sandler uh, Waterboy gimmick, which uh, that'd be that'd be fun. Captain Insano. Captain Insano. Uh, I, I love. That'd be that. funny. I mean. Um, and then uh, I think that uh, you know other Alex talent. Alex Black's there. Alex Black. Oh yeah, that's what does he go by now? I don't know. I, it's something black. Um. Uh, it's not Alistair Black. He's he, Ezekiel Black or something. I don't know, something like that. Who knows? But hey, it's, it's a great signing, though. I mean, yeah, he can go. The uh, but Andre, the, dude. Uh, I don't know who you're referring to. The Latino wrestler. Oh yeah, Andre. Um, Charlotte dude. Flair's boyfriend. Yeah, that guy. Andre. <laughs> I was gonna say Iguzala, but it's not right. Uh, he's he's a great. He's another great talent. Uh, yeah. My only concern, and I was talking to the guy we interviewed on the podcast, Joe. Joe, Joseph, Joe. I was like, my only concern is with all these signings, they could, they can, they're jeopardizing and they're turning themselves into WCW 2.0. Yeah. And I said the good news is they don't have, because I kind of give Hogan a pass on actually killing WCW, but I do not give Hall and Nash a pass because all they cared about was money. Bischoff killed it too. Bischoff killed it too. They don't have guys like Hall and Ash. Yeah. Just there for money. Yeah. You have guys that are signing to help build this company to greater heights. So hopefully that continues and you know, you know. I mean, it's, I was checking to see if we had any comments. Not yet, but okay. But your thoughts on the signings? My thoughts. So first of all, um, I'm glad that anyone escapes. WWE. I really want Zach, uh, Dolph Ziggler to escape because that man is pure talent, and WWE is holding that man back. Um, I, I, they won't let him go. Yeah, now. but they. Uh, but yeah, I think that Daniel uh, Brian Danielson. I love him back in Ring of Honor. That's when I first uh, seen him. Uh, I thought he was. I thought he was like the second coming of like Bret Hart. You know, for me, you know, somebody just very technical. They remind me a lot of Dynamite Kid as well, and a lot of, honestly, Chris Benoit. Like he could put me in that mindset. Um, That's who he was compared uh, to the most. Yeah. Especially when he got to WWE. They, yeah. They always compared him to Benoit. Well, you know, not live yeah, on yeah. TV. But yeah. yeah. But uh, but all the fans did. Uh, but but I'm anxious to see him and Punk together. I hope that they don't overshadow one another. But I think that you gotta make a triumphant entry with both of them. Uh, but Punk. Is is that's major? That's Punk, major. Uh, should debut at All Out in Chicago. Oh, it's just a no-brainer. Hey, who you got? Belfer still? Hey, what's up? What's your name? It doesn't matter what your name is. The Rock. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, that's coming out soon. Uh, the uh, Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise. Something. But yeah. Uh, but no, I think there's good good signings for uh, AEW. Yeah. Helps make them even more legitimate. 
and uh, yeah, as long as they don't get bloated, bloated, and WCW got bloated. They added mm-hmm. people that they should have added, like uh, like you said, at one point everybody was NWO, which was terrible. Yeah. And then they created the Wolfpack faction to kind of separate, which was yeah, not bad. But then uh, well, you, they added people that didn't make sense to it. Yeah, like everybody. Luger, come on. The moment that you add Vincent, aka Virgil, to to NWO, it's ruined. Like that man totally is like the I mean, worst wrestler in his sense in my opinion. When he went to WCW and was part of the NWO because he was a former WWE guy. I, I mean, because that, that's kind of what the group was based off of. That's what they was grabbing. WWE. They was grabbing a lot of. So it made talent. sense as far as that goes, but really, it should have just been Hogan Hall and Ash. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm okay even people. with the giant or uh, the big show. Uh, Paul, I'm I'm even okay with him well, adding to the group. I think he got added because they didn't know what to do with him, and that's this well, sad yeah. part. Yeah, but yeah. So either way, <laughs> AEW thumbs up for me. You thumbs up. All right. Uh, also, uh, real quick before we skip from AEW, uh, Bill uh, Brian Pillman Jr. Has officially been added to the roster there. Mm-hmm. I think that's excellent. I think that he he looks like his dad. He has charisma like his dad, and you know, I'm always anxious to see um, you know second or third generation or whatever come up and do their thing. You know. Yeah. So, anything you want to say about that? Uh, I haven't actually got to see him like wrestle like one on one. I've seen him in tag team matches. Mm-hmm. I can't say he's you know on the level of his dad. No. And when I say the level of his dad, I mean flying Brian Pillman, not. And I think WWE wasted WWE him too. Person. Yeah, they wasted him as well. But they, you know, he apparently had an ankle injury that yeah. prevented him from being the old flying Brian. But but he still made it work, what he yeah, did, like yeah. being the mouthpiece for the. Uh, yeah, he's a great mouthpiece. Yeah, for the uh, Harkonnen. So, but I do look forward to see what they do with him. I think they should really put him in Jungle Boy, mm-hmm. Luke Perry's kid, Jack Perry. I, got, I think he's phenomenal. Like, I. To me, he's the future of that company. Yeah, but that's just me. I forget Sting. Sting's there too. Sting's there. Yeah, I forget. He's I forget about uh, Sting. He's there. Last time I, I checked into it, he was with uh, Darby Allen, which makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And then Taz is there, so it's Taz just like it's like a collection of OTNA guys. Oh, I won't say OECW because I believe I, I compare now Taz more of a TNA guy than I do an ECW guy. Like the version of Taz that we see now. Is that TNA Taz? It's not. It's not the ECW Taz. It's a different Taz. So you know. Well, I mean, it's, he's got that old uh, mentality. FTW type of yeah. But you know, he's, he's the mouthpiece. Yeah. You know, he doesn't. But that's what he wasn't. That's what he became in TNA. Yeah. That's what he's doing. But all right, real quick, last thing before we get to our actual uh, movie that we really liked. We're gonna go to one that we didn't really all like. Space Jam New Legacy, or is it, Brandon? <laughs> is it a new legacy, or is it just rehashed? Or, or, or did they just steal pages out of the book of Ready Player One to make a movie? Because what I liked about the movie, before you answer, <laughs> is only the fact of the cameos. That's all I really liked. I like seeing people that I saw, like, oh, man, look, the Gremlins, you know, yeah. whatever. I love seeing that stuff. But... Now, LeBron wrong, is terrible. Don't get me wrong. Those properties that show up in this movie, they're cool to see. Like, when we go into the Matrix, it's cool. 
I'm not gonna lie. As uh, uh, seeing the Harry Potter world, I mean, it's cool. Uh, it, Pennywise, Joker, all the. Uh, t- uh, I'm not sure if Two Face was in there or not. There was the Penguin was in there. I think there was Catwoman. Uh, you know, of course, Batman and Robin like, from the sixties. I got comments. Go ahead, continue. Got comments. Uh, but for me, it was just eye candy. Devin Frank Whitlow, what's up, guys? What up, Devin? Devon? I mean, Devon. I'm saying your name like I'm a rookie, and you're not my family. You're you're my true cousin. Uh, but anyway, hey. Uh, so let's see what he says real quick. X Pac Vader. I guess he enjoyed X Pac. He really did like X Pac. He really did like Vader. And he said, I ain't seen it yet. Don't you say that much? I'm not gonna say much on Space Jam for you. Uh. Plus, I like LeBron. He does like LeBron. He also like Allen Iverson, but we ain't gonna discuss. Allen well, was the man. Answer was the awesome. He was awesome. He was. He was. In my opinion, he, at that time, like he was, he was definitely my favorite NBA player. Mm-hmm. And for his size, he did things I never seen a little guy do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he should have been in this movie. That's what this movie should have been. Was a collection of like, well, well, I like about that's the first what it was Space missing. Jam. Actually, does the. Because in the original, they stole the talent of the in the 95, 96 top yeah, but, NBA players. Yeah, yeah, like 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 uh, Muggsy Bo, uh, uh, um, uh, Patrick Ewing, yeah. I believe. I mean, uh, Charles Barkley. They, you know, they do kind of do the, Reggie Miller. They kind of repeat themselves, but it's more of a video game version of yeah. But also, it's not actually the real talent. It's not the same. Yeah, it's just not the same. Like it's not so much. It's for this generation. Yeah, like uh, there was a subplot of like, like yeah, the NBA players being terrible now, like uh, Reggie Miller, like airballing, or uh, you know, or uh, you know, like Charles Barkley can't play anymore. I love that aspect of the original Space Jam. Now, this one, he just pretty much uh, uh, Al G Rhythm pretty much just copies the uh, you know the like cr- he created a character based on like you know Anthony Davis or something like that. Which the movie, just LeBron, like Michael isn't a great actor either. Let me put throw that out no, there. No, he wasn't. But it, it was still whimsical seeing him with Bugs Bunny and everything. Whereas this you know, one, you know, the problem with this movie, and honestly, the problem with this movie is LeBron comes off as a villain for most of the movie. He really does. Yeah. Where Michael didn't. All right, all right. Space Jam Two was great, except when the this is from Bill for the Hobbit. Space Jam 2 was great, except for when they started playing basketball. I wish they played NASCAR racing. Bill, uh, I have to disagree with yeah. you completely. Uh, this was He's a, tra- or wrestling. To me, this was complete trash. and <laughs> it, it literally is the worst movie of the year for me right now, and I don't think anything's going to beat it. I ain't going to spoil anything for anybody that has not seen it. I just... I don't ever want to see LeBron James act again in his life. So that's where I stand with it. <laughs> Go ahead, Aaron. Uh, yeah, really? A high joke. Was, what about Usher? Oh, he's talking about he liked Usher too. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so my my quick thoughts and then we're moving on is what I liked about the movie is what the movie wasn't. Like it would, and, I, and Andre the Black Nerd mentioned this in his review of it. And uh, I thought that that was a great idea. What if it was this movie was instead of Space Jam is just more of just the the Warner Brothers Looney Tube properties like infiltrating movies and and, and, and trying to find their place back in the world, you know, and trying to be rel, rel, relative again. 
and um, and that would have been a great film. And, and then they finally say, no, we got to be ourselves. And that's what makes them popular again. Because people, imagine people at home watching The Matrix, right? And then, like, all of a sudden you see, uh, you know, uh, uh, Speedy Gonzalez on the screen. And you're like, what? And then it shows people, like, interacting, like, what is this isn't in The Matrix, you know? And it, that would have been interesting, you know, mm -hmm. something like that. It would have been a great movie. And and you didn't really need the basketball subplot, but you know, it's just another thing about the basketball game. Uh, the first half is super long. Yeah. <laughs> and like the second Later. half feels like it's maybe fifteen minutes. I actually truly felt the first half of that video that video game because <laughs> it is a video game. The first half of that basketball game felt like an hour long. Yeah. And the movie is way over. Mm -hmm. It's way over. I mean, it's almost two hours. And the first one was like 90 minutes. Real quick, your marks. One. Oh, all right. I'm going to give it uh, two and a half markdowns. You know, for the, I love the cameos. What can you say? I'm a sucker for a good cameo. All right. We're going to go ahead and get into the movie. Uh, Stand by me. All right. So this was, uh, this is one of our last movies of the summer that we're going to talk about. Um, after the death of one of his friends, a writer recounts a childhood journey with his friends to find the body of a missing boy. Uh, this movie stars Will Wheaton as Gordy Lachance, River Phoenix, the great River Phoenix, as uh, Chris Chambers. All of them were great. Let's just put that out there. Mm -hmm. uh, Corey Feldman as Teddy uh, Duchamp. Uh, Jerry O'Connor as Vern Tessio. Tessio. Keeper Sutherland is Ace Merrill, oh, uh, and there's several other people in this film, but one I wanted to highlight is uh, Richard Dreyfuss as the writer, and then John Cusack as uh, Denny. Um, yeah, so the numbers. The numbers. It got an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Metacritic gives it a 75%. 91% like it on Google. It's got a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes with the audience score at 94. So it is definitely certified, certified fresh. Thank you, uh, Devin. Uh, Devon. How do you saying your name? The way it's spelled, it's Devon. I know your bloody name. But, man, thank you. I love you, too. We will keep grinding. He said we'll be on TV one day. I, I, I would hope so. That would be great. But, uh, man, this movie, um, Stand By Me, uh, I own the Blu-ray. I got it from Walmart years ago. Uh, here's my copy. Um, this movie, man, like there's movies that are considered coming of age films. Um, it, like I'll, I consider Sandlot is a coming of age film. Um, I don't consider Goonies coming of age because there there real there is no real change. Like you feel like at the end of this movie that every character has changed some way. Yeah. You know, even uh, summer of '84 is coming of age. Like it, it, the events in that movie change the characters, and so this is a, one of those movies where I feel like the characters are changed by the end of the film. Yeah, I um, no, I mean I agree. Uh, like I kind of do feel like Goonies is coming of age, but same time it's not coming of age like Stand by Me. Like I think this is the defining film for coming of age films. I but yeah, I agree. Every character was completely changed by the events, by this journey they go on to find the body. 
Yeah. And, and that's know, what the uh, actual short story, the novella yeah. was called, The Body. Yeah. So, I mean, and I think, as you said earlier, all the young actors in this film were phenomenal. And I told you I was going to kind of make a bold statement here. Go for it. <laughs> I believe this is Corey Feldman's best performance. I would agree with you. I would uh, agree with you. Like, I truly, this is one of his films. I don't feel this is Corey, the typical Corey Feldman we get. This is the actor Corey. Yeah. And I don't feel we've seen the actor Corey a lot. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this is him at his best. Poor guy. Yeah, <laughs> we've like, had Corey a lot lately. So yeah, I mean, we had a lot of Corey. Corey is this year's uh, bacon, I guess. But uh, <laughs> but but yeah, uh, if you know that reference, we do a lot of Kevin Bacon films, uh, incidentally. Uh, but yeah, um, but no, Corey, like this movie. Everybody in this film is great. Will they Wheaton, um, he he is the Will Wheaton is the main character, uh, if you will. But River Phoenix steals the show every time he's on screen. River is so captivating. He's so um, he just draws the camera. Yeah. And and just got and, and just let me say this real quick that um, uh, Chambers is the best friend you anybody will ever want. Honestly, in my opinion. Yeah. Would you agree? I, I would. And I'll, I'll say another thing. We reviewed uh, Summer of 84 not too long ago. Mm -hmm. I feel that movie copy and pasted these four friendships for that movie. Absolutely. Uh, they, they was like, let's copy what they did in Stand By Me. It's have a little twist in here and there, but as the friendships go, it's copy and paste that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I, I felt that when I first saw it. But, but you know, just... after watching this again, I was like, man, it's, it's copy and paste. It really is, um, and it's, it's. I don't look at it as a bad thing. I think it's it's respect for something that came before you. So you're honoring it, and uh, I love that. The film starts out where uh, the writer, played by Richard Dreyfuss, the yeah. great Richard Dreyfuss, uh, his boy from from Hooper, Dallas. Hooper. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he, he, himself, Hooper. he's um he's he's a writer. Uh, he's essentially Stephen King. As yeah. Stephen, Stephen writes himself. Pseudo writes himself into his own movies, but uh, he's the he's Stephen man. He's Stephen, best. Stephen is so great. Uh, uh, he's my favorite. He's my favorite writer, like bar none. Stephen King is my favorite writer. I, I would not. I, I don't deny that Stephen King is just a great writer. Um, all his stuff is. He's really great at uh, creating atmosphere instead of it's the dog. Uh, he's really great at creating atmosphere in, in a setting and and making it real. Yeah. Like you can like like I remember just real quick. I remember and you compared it to it. You compared this to it a little bit. I remember yeah, with the French reading it. Uh, I did the audio book, but still, I remember reading it. Still, reading it, listening and taking it all in. And uh, there's a scene where Ben um, is walking from the uh, library and it's snowing, and he passes the part where. Uh, like the little um where where the um where the pennywise was he passed like the little thing and he looked down and he just seen something hor horrific and he's frozen he couldn't move and it just and the whole time i was just like like i was reading or uh, listening to this and i was like there with him i was just as parent um you know like really it just and that's a testament of that man's writing, and he does a great job with this. So. Yeah, I mean, I I won't argue with Stephen King. I mean, I I feel he is the best writer of all time. Like he's his his 
stories that are so compelling you care and you don't have happy endings a lot of the time so i feel he's a he's a realistic writer and i, mean, I just love love how he tells his stories how he you know how he writes i mean it's just it's fluid and it's it's heartbreaking mm -hmm. at times like i remember the one i read um gerald's game certain scenes in that story is great yeah the movie's good but you're reading read, it. I hadn't read the story. They they, they kind of skipped over a little bit of that that book, and it's when you're reading it, man, you don't want to you don't want to read it. Like it, it bothers you that much. It's it's I don't like it. I don't like they reading skimmed like over it. what happened with it, right? Yeah, and he don't. <laughs> Stephen never. Stephen doesn't. No, he don't at all. Anybody has read or listened to it knows that 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 moving that either the television film. Uh, with Tim Carey or this one with Bill Skarsgård, um, they do not touch the surface of what happened in the in the in the the ritual of, of Chud Chud or something like that. But man, that's that's some stuff you cannot show it. It is it is wrong. Yeah, that movie would not. There would be parents <laughs> testimony. Uh, you know. Anyway, but. This movie, uh, it starts with the writer, and he hears that a friend has passed away, and he and he goes back to study, starts writing, and he recounts the memory of the time that he's seen his first dead body, and uh, and that's how it starts. And you start in the summer of, is it in the fifties? I say, for is in the forties or fifties? I say because I, I was wanting to say sixties. It might it be, could have been fifties with I the music. With the music, I think it's fifties because uh, we know that. Uh, Le, le chance